Welcome back to another ish edition of On the Break. Tonight we have Nikola Jokic, the Fat Energizer Bunny edition. And I'm your host, Josh, the Vanilla Gorilla, here with J-Mac and Kyle Beats. What's up, boys? What's up, man? <laughs> What's that's going the on? best one yet. <laughs> Dude, that's hands down the best one. Dude, that guy played 60 minutes the other night. I was going to say, did you see that? Dude, yeah. I didn't think he played 36 minutes. Dude, when he was on the court, and they, after they lost, if we would have had an episode that night, I would have come out and said, no way that Denver's winning this game. That dude looked dead, and you're going to expect him to play for the rest of the series. So uh, kudos to him, dude, though, for turning around. I think he had 40-plus like 40 plus the next night. Yep, triple-double. I mean, yeah. he's – dude, that was – they got a, uh, a really good input from Jamal Murray, too, in that game. Yeah, dude, yeah, they dude. really did. That was the first time he's really shown up since the San Antonio series, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, he's just like every third game going to get you maybe 28 to 30, but he did it rather efficiently that game. He's at, He had some nice dimes in uh, in game five. He had some nice dimes for them to go up. I mean, he only scored, I think he scored 19 points. Yeah. 18 points, but he had nine assists. I mean, he's he's going to have to, like we, like we said, he's going to have to step up and be that second guy for sure. Uh, when you get 20, what was it, 24 out of Paul Millsap on a really efficient night, you're probably going to win. No doubt about it. What a streaky-ass guy, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's old, though. He's, like I said, I've, I look at him as just a 16-8 and eight kind of guy, pretty consistent, but he could be your third scorer maybe, but ideally a fourth scorer. He's earning that $30 million a year contract coming off the bench. God almighty. Actually, he's, he's starting. He's, he's he played, starting. He, yeah, he put in 33 <laughs> minutes. Uh, had 24 points on 16 shots. That yeah. is an outrageous contract, though. <laughs> outrageous contract, dude. That's the same as Westbrook's. It wasn't Another crazy. It wasn't crazy when they gave it to him, though. No, Westbrook's accelerates pretty hard. It's going to end up in like the 40s. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's like high 40s at the end. Yeah. Uh, we'll check it. But I mean, in that Denver Portland series, it's like. I mean, the 4 OT game was just wild. I felt like both teams were trying to piss that away, even though it was like it was impressive watching Jokic go that far. It was it was a fun game to watch, but I feel like like who else is going to step up on Portland? We thought it was going to be CJ McCollum, and he kind of did in the first two, first three games, but they're going to need him to step up or somebody else because Dame cannot do it by himself. Dame's not doing it by himself, dude. Dame's play, playing not great. He's not playing as great, but he's still he's still playing better. Give me the number that he's averaging for the series. Yeah, I can do that. Um, I'll also take a look at CJ because I think – I mean, CJ had that 40-point game where they won. Right. And it was close so to was 50. So he's, for, for one game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that was a four-overtime game. So, yeah. big deal. Um, I, I honestly thought that that was in the bag for them. Like, I thought it was over. You can't – it takes a lot of mental toughness to play – three and a half hours, four hours and come back and lose and away and then come back. Because if you win that game, you just went away. You're going back home to close up the series. Right. 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 So, and then to come back after that and, uh, um, win after that, that was, that was impressed, super impressive to me. And that made me really believe in Denver. Yeah. Do you think the series is over? I kind of do. Uh, no, I, I had Den. No, I had Portland in seven. I, I, I might have had Portland down. in six. Yeah, I think I might have had Portland in six as well. Um, Kyle, who I did we I still think take? they're going to win. What, what's up? What did we take? We uh, I went Portland in six. Okay. I think I went Portland in six as well. I really felt like well. 
Yeah, I think so. I really felt like they were going to close it out at home, which clearly is not going to happen now. But I still think they defend home court in game six and win that and push a game seven. Yeah. Josh, what were you saying? Yeah, so CJ's averaging 24 points a game. Uh, I said that he had to average at least 25 to win this series. Averaging 24, um, but he's shooting 22 shots a game and uh, shooting 41% from the field. 40% from three-point line, that's nice. But um, Think about this, though. Do the math, though. There's only been five games, so you take that 40-whatever-point game out of there, he hasn't done anything. True. No doubt about it. He's definitely at 16 those other games. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, um, he's the one that I, I would say needs to needs to step up. Let me double check his stats, though. He had a bad game the other night. Uh, let me double check really quickly here. He did so much, and he did so much in the first round, though. I feel like he's just—I don't know—is yeah, Gary like, Harris playing better defense or what? Gary Harris playing awesome defense. Um, mostly, it's just joking, just torching him, dude. It's so hard when you have to defend. So I was working through a working through a. Um, a game the other day and just watching like play by play, like how that, how Denver runs it. You have that dribble handoff at the top and then you have Jokic that steps like into 16, 17 uh, range. He can knock that down. He can put the ball on the floor. And if you have him in single coverage, he's bigger than anybody. So he can just put the ball on the floor and run through Cantor or run through whoever they have uh, at the defensive end. Like Zach Collins. Is that his name? Is that even his name? Yeah. Yeah. Zach mm-hmm. Collins uh, can't stop him because he's too skinny, you know? So he can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim at any time that he wants. He can pass the two shooters that they have in the corner. It's just so hard to guard when you have a passing big like that. Um, but Dame currently, give me a second. God, could you imagine, you, I, could you imagine what Portland would be like if they still had Nurkic, though? Yeah, that's, that, that's the point I was getting ready to make. Like, <laughs> I think it would be up in the series because I think Nurkic has the the body to match up with Jokic. Uh, Another like kind yeah. of heavy set white dude just banging bodies in the paint. Yeah, yeah, it he's a lot more work. physical than Alex Alex Collins. Though. Zach yeah, Collins. Dame is averaging twenty six points a game, um, but he's only shooting forty three percent from the Collins. field. I don't know. I said Alex Collins, Zach Collins. Yeah, he's shooting forty three percent. That's forty three, and then he's shooting twenty five percent from the three point line. Yikes. Yeah, so that's that's rough. Um, averaging two two point eight uh, turnovers a game and only five point eight assists. Really, his plus minus is minus five five and a half whenever wow. he's on the court. So not great, but that's tough, he yeah. did so much in the first round. Like I just feel like I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm expect I was expecting too much out of CJ McCollum because there's not really anybody else that's going to step up. And be yeah, there, toward- and- no, go ahead. I, I was going to say a big reason why I thought CJ would really go off this series is because. Their start, so they start uh, um, Will Barton and Jamal Murray, but you have to have one of those guys switching on to uh, CJ, right? So I thought it would be Jamal Murray guarding CJ. Torrey Craig's coming off the bench and playing some fantastic defense, man. Yeah. So they're really they're really doing a good job of that, and um, Mike Malone is doing a good job of staggering minutes. Um, speaking of Mike Malone, he got into Jamal Murray the other day when he was taking stupid shots. Yeah, he and I was did. Like, yeah, I like. That. I love it. I wish somebody would have done that to Westbrook when he was he was twenty four or twenty three. <laughs> twenty one. Twenty yeah, twenty one or twenty two. Yeah. So I mean he's really young. I think that's a good situation there. I mean, he's showing stuff in this playoffs that like this guy could be a legitimate second option as he develops, you know, because he's a senior in college, maybe right oh, now. Sure. If he played all all four years. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I think Michael you know going to be up for coach of the year, man. Like that, he's done a hell of a yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely. He's he should be in the conversation for sure. Yeah. I want to ask you both this though. Do you think the winner of this series has a better chance going to the Western Conference Finals than we thought? Maybe initially at the beginning of the playoffs. You mean winning the West? Yeah. Yeah. Or competing? Um, probably. I, I think this Houston Golden State series is exhausting both teams. I mean, look at James Harden's eyes and look how you know thin the Warriors' bench is. <laughs> I mean, I, I just feel like both these teams are competing so hard against each other in this round. So when they move on to the next round that I really think Denver or Portland is going to be able to challenge them more than we had initially thought we were coming into the playoffs. I still wouldn't worry, though, I don't think, if I were either of those teams. Okay. Ultimately. I'd worry about Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> For, yeah, that's a, definitely. That's, we'll get to that, but that's a real conversation. It is. And, them, yeah, we'll get to that. I don't want to get into that yet. But, I mean, we could transition the Golden State-Houston series. That's the, you know, more fun Series in the West, obviously. I don't think Denver Portland's over, even though it sounds like you do, J Mac. I, I I think Portland will defend home court, and Game Seven will be fun. Maybe they, but maybe Denver handles business again in Game Seven, even though that went on San Antonio was kind of kind of weak. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's exactly how the San Antonio series went. So it's true. I mean, and it, I mean, it pushed all the way. So I mean, you could very well be right. Yeah, um, I I honestly think that. Golden State or Houston coming out of the West or that conference will have a little bit of trouble. And I think they take them six or seven games just because they're going to be exhausted. KD's paying, playing 45 minutes a game. He's playing more than Jokic plays. Yeah. Uh, played, a game, played a game. And that guy had a 60-minute game. Jokic is currently playing 43 minutes a game. I was about to ask for that number. Yeah, 43 minutes a game, um, which is crazy, dude, especially for someone that looks as out of shape as he is. And he's playing out of his mind. He's not making making stupid mistakes. He doesn't turn the ball over. Um, KD's carrying that team, man. Um, well, and I'll, I'll say KD, the way KD's playing his 45 minutes is a lot more taxing on the body than Jokic playing his 43. <laughs> no doubt <Dude>. about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you've played basketball, man. The way KD is just streaking up and down on, you know, most, most – all fast breaks KD's moving. Like, Jokic just gets down court, I mean, at a decent speed and just bangs dude with his body on on offense at the top of the key just kind of just runs into dudes and i mean i, I know playing physical banging in the post can take a lot out of you but he's not really running the running the lanes like kd is you know what it takes a lot out of you is when you don't weigh more than the other person kd does not weigh more than the other person when he's banging on him in the post you know and Jokic Jokic does. yeah exactly so that's yeah i think you're exactly right he's getting fouled like him and Harden are getting fouled like crazy the entire series, you know, because you can't stop a guy. And when you can't stop a guy, you just have to foul him. Look at what's happening to Giannis in the East. So that's taking a big toll on them. Um, and like I said previously, I would be really surprised if we didn't come out of this series with at least one person, one big person getting hurt. Um, that the Warriors need someone besides Katie to do something, dude. Okay. Yep. Steph's averaging um, 39% from the field and 26% from the three-point line at 21 points a game. That's terrible. He kind of got going in the, first half, or in the second half of the last yeah. game. I think I yeah. think he'll – so we're recording this on uh, Wednesday night. I think and Warriors are playing here in about, about an hour or so. I really think Steph's going to have a big game tonight. I, I think he's got to step up. He's got to, but Clay also needs to step up. I don't but know. Clay's not 
It's not 100%, though. Yeah, but either of them are. Mercy, he was not good the other night. Who's healthier? You can tell Steph. Like, Clay looks like he's in more pain. He Clay does not look like himself on defense. Yeah, that's primarily. for sure. And his shooting's Clay's been not, bad, too. His shooting's been bad, actually, too. Clay's not taking any prescription drugs. He believes in all-natural Carbitron. Like that Eastern medicine? Yeah, that Eastern medicine. The devil's lettuce. Yeah, dude, they're both they're both looking bad. They're, they're both playing hurt. And the thing with, like, Steph and Clay, like, you could – I've watched Kobe – torch teams while he's hurt i've watched lebron torch teams while he's while he's playing hurt the reason why they can do that is because they're bigger faster and stronger than everybody else is guarding them right steph and clay clay might be bigger um but he's not faster or stronger steph is 100 just this finely tuned machine that if you get a cog out of place like it's gonna hurt him really bad you know yeah so yeah those guys i don't expect them to really play through injuries like steph has the dislocated finger and then they both came in with ankle injuries i don't think either of them are right which puts more load on KD. Um, what do you think about what do y'all think about tonight's game? Like, I, I think Golden State wins at home. I think so too. They have to. So here's my things to watch. Um, I, I do think Golden State will win at home um, because I think this is going seven. Um, my things to watch are KD is the only person that's really that's really able to score in this series. Um, but that doesn't mean that you should go away from being who Golden State is. They don't look like Golden, the Golden State Warriors of the past four, four years. They're averaging five assists less per game in this series than they did in the regular season. Um, they don't have people moving off the ball. A lot of it's just ISO ball, honestly. A lot of it's give the ball to KD and let him go to work, which is great. But at the end of the day, they're shooting 48% for the field because that's what KD is shooting. Exactly. rather than 50 percent, you know so right. yeah. and it's just all 100 percent on him and it, dude like if anybody can carry a team into the finals it's him but that's not what makes golden state and the west is too too strong for that you the, think katie the playoffs just, all together are too strong for that this year yeah agreed do you think uh katie's just sitting there saying like man i could i could go to new york and play with Kyrie and probably have a little more help than I'm getting right now, especially considering the competition you'd have to play in the East minus the Bucks. Is there any so chance I'm, I could help? I'm talking. Pat. I'm talking next year because Kawhi will probably be out of the East, right? And is there any chance? Is there any chance that I can help pack Kyrie's bags to make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely talk about that because that dude's playing with oh, one yeah. foot at the door. I'm glad. I'm glad you decided to come on tonight, even though your team just God Dude. Almighty. I would have felt bad about about bashing the Celtics without you on the show, man. Oh, I need you here. I'm furious. They, need, they had 19 points and like with nine minutes left in the second quarter. I'm absolutely furious. <laughs> absolutely but, furious. It's the same I, amount of so, points that Kyrie had through four games, or same amount of field goals that Kyrie had through four games. <laughs> um, that's bad. Yeah, but staying here. So I, I think you. I think if Golden State comes out and plays ISO ball they could very well lose this this game and this series. Um, I think if they come out and just go back to what they should be, then, um, yeah, they're, they're, they win no problem. And I think they win the series if they come back back out and look like Golden State and move the ball around and don't play selfishly. Right. But right. Um, Draymond Green has really, really impressed me this this series a lot defensively. He's even knocking down some threes. So um, I, I have Golden State tonight. I still am staying with Houston in the seven. Um but man, it's, and seven? yeah, that's, that's what I picked originally. I'm staying, I'm yeah. sticking with it. Um, okay. it's, like it's it. so bizarre to me. Like 
we'll talk about this more on the Milwaukee side too. I, in the playoffs, we tend to like flip our views so quick. Like I watched the end of Houston's. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Recency bias is so, recency bias is so bad. Exactly. So it watched, I watched Houston um, play just lights out. I think they won nine of their last 10 or like 18 of their last 20 in the regular season coming in. Then they blew out the jazz in the first round. Then they lose two at home to golden state. And I start going, Oh man, I'm not feeling so good about my seven game Houston series. Yeah. Or, we can't, that's why we can't do a, a, an episode like every two days because we'll just overreact to each game. that's been played <laughs> in the series. But exactly. Uh, I saw a stat today that was 82% of teams that win game five in a tied two to two series go on to win the series. I think, oh, yeah. I think in this series, it's like a 99% chance. I think whoever wins tonight for sure wins the series because I don't see either team winning two games in a row. I guess Josh does with this Houston seven. I mean, I know that's just, you're just rolling with your prediction, yeah, but that's yeah. just kind of how I'm seeing it. That's why I like the golden state, even though I went golden state in six. Uh, so well, I, I don't feel too confident in that, but I just really feel like they're going to win tonight. Um, I think Eric Gordon's the X factor though. Like, Chris yeah, Paul's that guy comes out and plays. Yeah. Yeah. So like Chris Paul's been good, right? Like he's kind of doing what we older Chris, what we expect out of older Chris Paul, where he's going to get you, you know, 14 to 18, have a good assist to turnover ratio. He had some clutch steals in, in games three and four. Uh, Harden's been going off. He, Harden redeemed himself after I kind of like threw him under the bus as a playoff bum or a playoff bust. And then he just had two of his probably <laughs> two of the most important games of his career playoff wise. Uh, but I think if, if Eric Gordon steps up next to those guys and he goes maybe, you know, four for eight from three or five for 10, that that'll be what it takes for them to pull off an upset tonight. The biggest thing that I get sick of watching Houston is just the way that they're so one dimensional. So it's always the analytic shot. And if the, it's like if James Harden doesn't have the ball in his hands, he just stands there. And that just drives me insane. Like, it's not nice basketball to watch. It's just ugly gross basketball yeah but what he does is is really impressive because oh, it's yeah. like he's not doing anything crazy like he's a great ball handler and he goes between the legs as fast and smooth as anyone but sometimes he'll just kind of go around guys and it doesn't look crazy fast and i know he's relatively strong but it's just like he gets around people with such ease but i mean like playing the way that houston does is not good for the future of the game if you think about it this is just like baseball no. analytics it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, moving the ball like the old Warriors would. They haven't been recently, but moving the ball is definitely more entertaining for the eyes and draining threes on open, you know, swing around the open looks around yeah. the. Key. You're better if you don't have to rely on just one person getting open every single play. Like they, that's what Houston yeah. relies on is that James right. Harden could come in double team every single play. You know who Houston reminds me of is the Art Biles uh, Baylor Bears. How they'd have like their play would be <laughs> oh set up to the right side of the field and all the receivers on the left side of the field. It didn't matter if they had right, three right. Stack, just stand there. Yeah, that's who they remind what, me of. But what um, an electric comparison! <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, maybe Mike D'Antoni will get kicked out for some for some shady stuff like our bros did. <laughs> never know. Um, oh, yeah, James Harden played awesome in that in that game. He had forty one points. He went one for eight at the end with KD guarding him, and he missed a free throw to allow the. Uh, um, the golden state to have a chance at two like a wide open kd3 and a wide open steph curry three to tie it at the end there so they really got lucky on that yep absolutely like you got to live i, I text you that right after it happened i go you got to live with you know kd getting a really good look and steph getting a decent look that's your two best players taking a shot at the end of the game to push it into ot that's what you that's what you want yeah 
Yeah, exactly. But so. dude, get this, get this number. Vegas has Harden's over under for like their prop bets. They're over the over under is thirty six and a half. Holy, that's shit. a lot. Of, that's a lot. That's what he averaged. That's what he averaged in the regular season. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I guess that's how they're basing that. Basing that off of what's he? I mean, he's hey, what did he average? Thirty six. I thought that. Yeah. What's he averaging in the series? I find that. Um, I mean, he had 38, 38 in the last game and 41 in the game before. He didn't have a good two games at Golden State. But yeah. I, I really honestly think that this little fire under him. Also, dude, P.J. Tucker is doing a fantastic job on Kevin Durant. <laughs> Unbelievable job. I know you guys saw that on ESPN or Bleacher Report or somewhere. The uh, quote from – or maybe you heard it live from Steve Kerr about the Rockets look like linebackers and we look like volleyball players. I thought that was pretty funny awesome. and honest. <laughs> Yeah, dude, but, Steve Kerr does a good job in this. I, I will say, I have studied Kevin Durant my entire my entire basketball watching life. I remember when I was in high school, I picked them to go to the Final Four, but he had Rick Barnes as a coach. They couldn't make it past a freaking Sweet Sixteen. Like, so I've I've watched Kevin Durant since the moment that he stepped foot on its national TV. Um, he's never had a even close to good coach, and he got a Hall of Famer in Steve Kerr when he went to Golden State. No doubt. Um, yeah. and good for him. That that's going to be, I, I do think that that is going to be tough for him whenever he goes to New York. I was about to say, what do you think about a David yeah. Fisdale? Honestly, like I, I think that that's something that's going to be hard for him. Okay. Hold on. But why all of a sudden have we just decided he's going to New York though? I mean, that's, I still think that the Knicks have a chance to be the Knicks here, which is a very strong possibility. Yeah. yeah. You see other names thrown out there. The Nets also. Yep. I don't hate that. I think there's going to be a lot of sneaky teams out there. D'Angelo Russell's a free agent, too, so maybe they just go a different route and go with KD. I don't want to hear but... about his bullshit right now with the whole <laughs> thing. That guy's... Let's, let's, transition, let's transition. I've got an early. 85% chance to K- KD to the Knicks. That's, that's what I have right now. Wow. That's yeah, astonishing. I feel pretty confident about that number, too. But let's transition to Justin's least favorite series of all of these, and... Uh, I guess I'll have to give Josh fucking credit where credit's due. And I signed off last episode knowing Josh was right in my heart, so I had to get that in there so I could fall back and say I, I, I Josh was right and I knew it. Um, Milwaukee's just dominated Boston since we last spoke. It was one-to-one. Yeah. James, really quickly, James Harden's averaging 36 points per game this series um, on 40. I guess that's where they got that number, 36. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I guess so. Pretty good. <laughs> God. So uh, we're yeah, talking I mean, about – the Boston other thing here. other thing this series is Golden State's winning the series by literally one point okay that's, that's how close the point differential is Total sorry points. but yeah we can go on as Boston Milwaukee yeah uh I mean I think a big part of this shouldn't shock anybody I guess because they did this shit all season long and all that I heard was you know wait till you know give Gordon Hayward a full season to kind of get into the groove of things and hopefully by the playoffs we start to pick things up which it kind of looked that way for a little while and once again lo and behold they've turned into a pumpkin pretty much like they've done all season long every single time that they start to get some momentum they just decide oh let's just stop playing basketball like uh, it's infuriating having watched this whole series every single time they get within like five points seven points they just like take their foot off the gas entirely it's it's absolutely terrible. Yep, and they don't seem like they're having fun. Like they don't seem no. like a team. You they know what I mean? Like, like guys smiling and high five. Like it's a lot of, I don't know. It's just a weird vibe. Yeah, it's a, the problem is Kyrie. I have to say. Yeah, 
I mean, that's the elephant in the room. We're like, not even really elephant at this point, just the, they know he has one foot out the door already. And guys know, guys, you know, guys pay attention to social media. They probably know that there are potential trade blocks for Anthony Davis this summer too. For sure. And the other, like, the other thing that I've kind of noticed and something I've just, I guess, observed in the last maybe, really kind of all year, but every time Kyrie's kind of like talking to the media, he's kind of got that whole thing going on where it's LeBron and then the rest of those guys that he plays with. It's kind of that mentality of like he's kind of separate from, like he's there, but he's not there. You know what I'm saying? And so... He's a boss, not a leader. Right. And so like it's kind of gotten to that point and like you see Kyrie a lot of times talking about like he'll say you know well we need to be better on offense and you know at this you know this or that he'll just be talking in generalities and he's saying we but what he really means is you guys not me but you guys right and that is a problem yeah and i think Kyrie needs to be with a type a personality because he's kind of type b and i don't know like if him and kd do go to new york i don't know what that's going to look like their personalities yeah, they're both pretty beta. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kai, Kai. Hey, Sorry, real quick, ahead. can we name the episode? He's not. A, he's not a bo- or he's a boss, not a leader. That was a great quote by yeah, Josh. We're putting that up on the site for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Kyrie went eight for twenty-two. I think in game three. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, game three went eight for twenty-two. Came out and said, "You won't see that again. That's not going to happen moving forward." Went seven for twenty-two in game four. <laughs> so, oh. so yeah. Technically, he was correct. Yeah, it's just going to be worse. Um, The dude, like, has been so horrendous in this. And he also has shown that he's just given up. Like, I knew – I was, like, 100% chance, no chance that Boston was winning this game because they asked him, you've got 19 for 62. Like, how do you want to be better? And he said, who cares? It's like, (laughs) Jesus, dude. Like, how – that is – that dude has one foot out of the door. He wasn't going to come out and play. Charles Barkley at halftime said it was a scrimmage, and Charles Barkley was right. Like, you're going to be better whenever he leaves. Like, you better hope that he leaves because that team has too much talent to be doing yeah. this. Yeah, and it begs you to – so I have the question of what does Boston do? And they have really kind of three three options because we're assuming Kyrie's pretty much gone. Yep. Do you, do you trade – try to trade for AD? Do you test your free agency? Or do you just kind of leave things how it is and – see what happens well they've got a lot of decisions to make on people like terry rogier and pieces like that so that's going to be tricky to deal with and i mean i don't see any situation where you don't try to bring in a superstar i mean you i was gonna say so as a boston fan though would you try to trade assets to acquire anthony davis which is probably you know via jason tatum some picks maybe marcus smarter rogier why would and, I do that when I could just go after Kawhi? Yeah, or do you, or do you just pursue free agency? I think that's what you do. I think that's the best. I don't think Kawhi's going to Boston though. But I think that's a pretty attractive option if you look at it without Kyrie there. Yeah, I mean, aren't him like Tatum and Brown all really similar though? I guess it's not a problem necessarily, but as long as everybody finds their place. But like him, Hayward, Brown, and Tatum are all like the exact same size. Yeah, but does that really matter anymore in the NBA? <laughs> Not necessarily. You can run that at two, three, and four. Yeah, you can. You can if you have players that can switch on the on the perimeter and knock down threes <laughs> and then go to yeah, the rack. I mean, I'm not complaining, like but 
Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say, though? It's like four of the exact same frames. That's true. I, I'm going to sound like Colin Cowherd here, oh, but I'm going to do it. Um, I have concerns about Kawhi's playmaking ability and his dude, ability to I make other people. Other he players looks like better. Michael Jordan, dude. Yeah, ability to make other players better. Yes, but that's what I meant by playmaking is like <laughs> is like can you make plays for other people? Sure. So when you have as much offensive firepower on the team as as this team does, I don't like Kawhi would be awesome, but I don't know if it's going to make these guys better. Like I, dude, honestly, next year you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown on rookie contracts. Al Horford, you're paying thirty million, which is ridiculous. But um, he probably owed him that. Untrue. Um, Gordon Hayward, you're paying 32. Uh, Marcus Smart, you're paying 12. Like you have, what's wrong with letting those rookies develop and try and sign That's them what I'm saying. and tell and tell them that they're the best? Like you're my future, Jason Tatum. You're my future, Jalen Brown. We want to stick with you and we want to max you out soon. I just think that's such a significant step back from the mindset that they have, and I don't see Danny Ainge taking that approach. True. He's way more. I agree. With, I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't see you Danny Ainge taking that approach. But I guess the reason why I said it is because I don't see it as a step back. Yeah. Um, everybody's everybody's a little bit different in regards to that. I'm okay with developing young talent, um, especially since they've went through the Boston process, right? The process. Right. One of their own processes. But I yeah. completely agree with everything you said, Josh, but I think Justin's right in that that's not Danny Ainge's approach. He's going to make a splash. Yeah. Yeah, I agree you know, with you. Going back to Kawhi real quick, you know where he low key does fit in probably the best, but he will absolutely not go to is Dallas. Dallas, yeah. <laughs> no one fits in the Phoenix, dude. Dallas needs a D and three guy. That's like one of the better D and if not the best D and three guy in the league because he's shooting threes really well at this point in his career. He had that big step back three. Uh, is it over in Bead? It yeah. At yeah. the end, hey, at the end of that no, he had a step back three to make it. It was 91-90. It made it 94-90. It was a huge shot. I'm pretty at sure the, that – yeah, yeah. At the end of game four. They have these advanced player uh, tracking systems, which I wish we could see more of. Um, but the NBA has these crazy cameras that can track where players are out on the court, how fast they're moving, like their velocity, everything like that. I would love to see Kawhi's numbers because I'm pretty sure that guy moves at a slower average pace than every other superstar in the league. Yeah, he's just so he's like just jogging out there. It's crazy, dude, because he'll take this, he'll take a, a screen at the top of the key and he'll take like the slowest step. And then all of a sudden he just drains that three. Or you saw that that quote unquote drive that he had to go and dunk on Embiid. It was like the dude was walking the whole way. And then yeah. he just turned the corner and went up straight up vertical, straight vertical and jammed on Embiid. It's like dude, it was man. nuts. It was like he wasn't yeah. even trying. I know. That's what it looks like when he plays. And that's what reminds people of Jordan is that he looks like he's not that's trying. I was about to say, he, he reminds me of Jordan because he plays good defense. He just dunks and gets, like, mid, mid-range, mid like, 15, 20 dribbles, running out the shot clock, not great look fadeaways, and he knocks down 50% of them. And that's what Jordan did. He's just, like, cre- ISOing and creating for himself because is, Pascal Siakam's good. He played really good in game five and, you know, showed why I think he's a max guy. Kyle Lowry's been actually decent as, like, mm-hmm. a third option. But Kawhi knows he's got he's to carry that team. For sure. Yeah, go back to my Dallas thing real quick. Does Kawhi not fit in crazy good with Dallas with Luka and KP? Yeah, that could be, be dangerous because you be might wild. have like the best D and three guy. You know, could potentially be the best big man in the league as far as like rim protector and stretch of the floor. And then Luka is like, 
you know, he's going to be a pretty master. Awesome. That guy is a generational player for sure. Yeah, he's a facilitation master. Yeah. Oh, and he can fucking go for like 24 on you. Yeah. Good God. Could you imagine? Dude, that, that team would be competing instantly next year <laughs> yes. after they give Dwight Powell like three for 50 for no goddamn reason. God almighty. That's horrible. <laughs> if they get Chris Middleton, they're competing instantly. They're a championship contender immediately. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you throw Kawhi on there. They might be the fucking favorite if KP's KP. Oh, no. I was talking about Chris Middleton. I know. I know. I'm saying, so you're saying they're a contender with Chris Middleton. I'm saying, so throw Ka- Kawhi oh, in there. Oh, I see what you're saying. They're the yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. That's the new but, Golden State right there. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That in a different in a different way, too. Maybe a better, a more well-constructed team. And those guys are 6'7", six, 6'8", seven, six, and 7'2". Yeah. True. But, but yeah, I don't really what, know where the Celtics are going to go from here, man. It's, right. That's going to be interesting to watch. And I think... I don't know. I just think you're right. I think Danny Ainge makes a splash. So I think the only certainty is that Boy Genius will stay there. And if I'm Boston, I would actually hold on to Jalen Brown. I would not. I like I agree. the way he looked these last couple of months, and he he's he played decent in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask you, would you rather take Tatum or Brown? Yeah, <sighs> Tatum still more upside, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. He's got he's got like more ce- he has more ceiling but he has more holes in his game too right now like I know Jalen can at least start on my team and come down and you know he hits open threes and makes a few nice dunks every once in a while and he plays pretty solid defense too and he, and he runs a lot of minutes I don't know I'd have to really think about that I might say Jalen Brown, even though Tatum's ceiling is higher. I just feel like Jalen Brown's more of a sure thing for the next eight to ten years. Yeah, I said I had that take last year, and I kind of got killed for it on this show, and now everybody kind of sees the light on that because he's kind of he's been a little <laughs> yeah, bit I more was, consistent. Was, well, I mean, after Jalen Brown just dunked on my man LeBron, I kind of had to like you know give him those props. <laughs> but Jay, or uh, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum played really good last year's playoffs. He did. Jason, yeah, Jason Tatum, I think has more talent. But Jalen Brown has a dog in him. And I'm sick of watching the superstars that don't, like, want it. You know, and Jalen Brown looks like he wants it a lot more than Tatum to me. Yeah, I don't hate yeah. that take. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Philly, Toronto, even though that's 3-2 just like Denver, Portland, that series is over, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I called Toronto and six on this one, and it's going to happen. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that was slaughter last so night. So I, I have kind of a hot take here. And I, I think you guys may not be far off from agreeing with me here, but like, uh, I was actually listening to Bill Simmons this week, and I'm sure you guys have heard it too, the one with Rosillo and uh, House, and they were talking about how, like, they're talking about different players that you would start a franchise with, which we've done this that before on this show as well. I'm not right. sure that Embiid is even one in my book that I would even consider at this point because like, he's so hot and cold, like you can't rely on him at all, man. Agreed. I know Josh has a lot of feelings about his stomach illnesses and, and things of that nature, but I think it's hilarious that everyone coming into the year was like, you can start a franchise with Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, and we got both. It's like, I don't, nah, think, I don't think you can franchise with either, man. Like, I, they would, I, neither of those would be in my top ten. I'm pretty sure the, the, the three of us talked about that, and, and none of us had that in their top ten. Yeah, to start a franchise with for the next, like, you're guaranteeing me a five-year contract? Nope. Neither I guarantee you Simmons team. wasn't in the top 10. I know maybe Embiid, but not Simmons. 
Is that a bad? Is that a hot take? I think at this is point, that, no, it's not a bad super take. Super hot take. I'm with you. How do you figure, dude? Like he's does hot mean bad or just controversial? Uh, controversial, I guess, or you know, kind of a yeah, one that yeah, not everybody agree with. Bizarre take, and it'd be like, could I, could I throw out? I'd start my franchise with Marcus Smart. Would that be considered a hot take, or would that just be like this? That's, a, that's a hell of a take. <laughs> you belong there. That's that, one. Uh, that's a take. <laughs> all right, you I definitely get on Colin Coward. I got a hell of a take for you. Oh, for sure. I got a take for you. I would start a franchise with Simmons before I would Embiid. What? Disagree. Strong disagree. Yeah. Tell, I don't know. I don't tell know us if that more. was a hot take. Yeah, that was that a was hot a, take. You got to back that up. Take. Um, this is the bad take. <laughs> That's a terrible take. So, Embiid is, or yeah, for sure. Ben Simmons, while he does not have a jump shot, and at at this point, I feel like he's just afraid of shooting. I feel like he's of missing it, right? Just being afraid of shooting. That's got to be fixed. You, he has to be in a better situation. And he, dude's in his second year. Like he's he's trying to get to the Eastern Conference Finals in his second year with no jump shot. Um, the dude averaged twenty points, nine rebounds, and nine assists this year um, as a sophomore. And he doesn't have this issue where he goes home and eats five cases of Oreos, and then he. Uh, and then he calls in sick the next day or says, I was sick two, day, two games out of a seven-game series. Yeah, I'm tired of the excuses. So, I, yeah, I'm pretty tired of the excuses, too. He played um, really bad, Embiid too. is by far the better. Yeah. Um, he went from being, oh, my gosh, this guy's the, next, the second coming of Shaq to having seven, like nine points in a game. So Ben Embiid is, don't hear me wrong, Embiid is far and away the better player player right now. But I think over the next five years, um, we could we could run into situations where Embiid really just his injuries catch up to him or his lack of taking care of himself catches up to him. I agree with that. I mean, you say that he doesn't eat like two cases of Oreos or whatever, but this guy has the shits <laughs> more than anybody else I've ever seen. No, I was saying so, that he does eat two, two cases of Oreos. Yeah, this isn't a Paul Pierce type situation, but this is, I mean, this is outrageous. I mean, uh, what kind of cornerstone player is that that you can't rely on in the, you know, in the fight for your life in the playoffs? I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Could you imagine if Michael Jordan came out and said that Michael Jordan played with the flu and now guys are like, I ate Oreos, my tummy hurts. I'm going to have nine. <laughs> exactly. The fuck? Are you kidding me? And also, like, uh, I get tired of his, him call like, the whole calling out other players and everything when he doesn't have the shit to back that up. Your team's never been yeah. in the second round, pal. I like it when it in subtle dosages, but it's a little too much uh, over the top sometimes. But I couldn't help thinking when I was sitting here last night, like, I was just like, I can't defend Ben Simmons anymore. Like, I I've no. wrote him up hard on this show. I think I've defended him as hard as, as Josh has. I know Josh likes him a lot. Uh, but he, he just isn't playing well. He's just scared to take shots. And his drive and kick isn't as lethal as, as it looked last year. And it's kind of weird to see it, like, take a step back, even though I still believe in his athletic ability. Uh, and I think Embiid is clearly hurt. It, what, we, you know who we haven't mentioned is Tobias Harris and how he's been an absolute no-show in this series. None. He had one good game. But other than that, he's been a no-show. sucks. Jimmy Butler 
and he's going to get max this year. Jimmy Butler has been the best player on the Sixers, though, in this series. He's shown the most heart for sure. Yeah, probably so. You know what? Hot take. If I could start a franchise with anyone on the 76ers, it'd be fucking Jimmy Butler. Oh, dear. Because he gives a shit. He does give a shit. He does care. He does. Yeah, MB gives two games with a shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Heaven forbid you have uh, Tom Thibodeau in the room. I mean, that's just, you know. That's yeah, um, I, I don't know. This team is, for the amount of talent that they have, we've talked about it all all playoffs and all year. They're just a five pieces, five stars, not part of a whole, you know? So they need to find a way to, to um, get it together or cut people. I would not – at whenever it first happened, whenever they got uh, Tobias Harris, um, I, was I said that I thought he would be better than Jimmy Butler. I would not – yeah, I was too. <laughs> I would not keep Tobias Harris – at this point, I think you let Tobias Harris walk or do whatever you got to do with him and then re-sign Jimmy. Um, J- Jimmy might opt into that team contract. I think they have it for 18 if it's if it's, if he opts into the player option. Excuse me. Yeah, it's a good um, deal. Which would be really nice for the Sixers. It's a really good deal for them because Tobias Harris is going to go and get like four for 125 or something ridiculous, which I would not pay him based someone, on what I'm seeing here. Yeah, someone like Memphis is going to do that, it feels like. Yeah, that's a Memphis or a Phoenix kind of deal for sure. Mercy. Talk about black but holes. Before we sign off, I do want to m- mention one thing because it looks like I, – I don't want to say inevitably, but in my eyes it's going to be the one and two seed in both the conferences that come out in the east and west. I think it's funny how the NBA, especially more so than NFL or, or baseball, uh, will the top two seeds come out of each conference or league or division or whatever it may be, and, or, le- uh, or league. But yeah. I, I really I really like was hyped about the playoffs this year, and I was like, man, there's going to be some huge upsets, and it's like, nope, it's still going to be the one and two. Yeah, but I mean, don't, isn't that what we want? We want the best – to win out yeah. i mean that's the yeah, idea i want the best and that usually happens in basketball when you get seven games right versus one game of football but it's just funny how it's always the one and two regardless of perspective or hype or anticipation except for the we believe golden state warriors back in 2008 they didn't go to the finals <laughs> but they did it they did beat a one seed True. um yeah yeah i still think i still <laughs> i still think that that west is wide open i think that could be a four or three seed coming out of there um i i would be hard pressed to say who i think is going to win because like if the warriors were on the other side of the bracket i'd be like okay it's the warriors they'll be fine rested going into the western conference finals but they're gonna be beat up dude yeah it's gonna it's gonna be interesting i think the western conference finals is going to be more competitive than we thought it was and the eastern conference finals couldn't end up being less competitive than we thought it was going to be for sure i, I i'm i'm believing in the bucks now josh asked me what it was going to take i said i need to see him win two rounds and they won two rounds what four uh four one four one uh four oh four one four oh four one yeah so yeah they have 94 percent win percentage so um i can't really not be bought in at this point for sure um, all right, all right before we before we sign off, I have one final thing to talk to you guys about real quick. I want to get both of you guys' take on this because this came out just a little while ago. So you know the Lakers have been trying to hire Ty Lue, right? Right, right. And, you know, they so today they called off the, the talks that he's going to go seek employment elsewhere, correct? I did, did you not see, see the report of yeah. why they did that? Yeah, I was just so that's what I was going to ask you guys about. Did you see what it ended up being about? 
Yeah, so yeah. the first day he missed a bus, and then the second day he got his arm caught in a vending machine and couldn't make the meeting. That's I'm just not, playing. That's but you believed it for a second there because Ty Lue is such a freaking idiot, right? <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm just picturing Ty Lue in the vending machine I use at work just stuck. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's, no, man, it was the Homer Simpson where he goes, Homer, are you just holding on to the can? Yeah, and he's just got his hand go. stuck in the vending machine. Yeah. No, uh, what, what ended up being kind of the sticking point and what Ty Lue said no to, which actually I do kind of respect this, is the Lakers are absolutely adamant on hiring Jason Kidd as the main assistant for that team. And they wanted <laughs> to make sure that wow. he was hired on his staff and Ty Lue said, no, I'm out of here then. The Lakers are going to fuck this up and they're going to fuck it up bad. Dude, I, I respect that. I like that move by Ty Lue. I do too. I Ty Lue with, the, with his hand. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to... He knows how much of a circus it is to be a part of LeBron teams. And he's like, you're going to bring in Jason Kidd. It's going to be in LA. It's like, this is a shit show. Good, good for him. He'll get a better job. Can you imagine how badly Jason Kidd is going to rub LeBron the wrong way? That's going to be terrible. Dude, it's going to be terrible. I don't know why they think this is going to work. I bet you that they end up hiring him as the head coach. I bet you that's what yeah. happens. I mean, if he was going to be their main assistant and tie back that, I don't know who else you're going to go after. Yeah. Maybe George Carl or something. <laughs> Man, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be eating crow for three years straight about LeBron winning another title. It's not gone great. Like, me too. I was right there with you, <laughs> dude. It's just, it's just dwindling. It dwindled from like sixty percent at the beginning of the year to like seven and a half now. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Top. So, the Lakers have three names on their search: Frank Vogel, good coach, not bad. Um, Underwood, Mike Woodson. Oh my god, has the most circular. Goatee I've ever seen in my life. Jeff Van Gundy? No, man. I wish. I wish though. I would love to see Jeff Van Gundy with LeBron. I think JVG is better, is smarter than to go and coach LeBron. And then Lionel Hollins is the third person on their on their oh, list mercy. right now. I would hire all three of those guys over Jason Kidd. Yes. And Tyloo. <laughs> but uh, I I hate all three of those. But I would still hire them over Jason Kidd. Yeah. I like Vogel. I think Vogel's the best Frank candidate. Vogel's there. probably the best candidate there. Like, <laughs> what does the Lakers come to? He's just underwhelming as hell. Yeah, he's not a very impressive dude. No, it's not an impressive hire. And we yeah, spread an, the rumor that Ty Lue... Yeah, he is, for sure. Can we spread the rumor that Ty Lue got his hand caught in a vending machine and couldn't make the meeting? Absolutely. It'll go right. out on our Twitter right dude, after. Dude, I believe it. I think everybody else will. Yeah. Sweet. I'm down. I'll work All right, on guys. All right, man. Well, I think that'll uh, wrap it up for us this week, boys. We'll be back uh, another four or five days after... Everything's wrapped up round two. Uh, start previewing these uh, Eastern and Western Conference finals and see what it looks like then. But until then, later, boys. All right. See you later. guys. See you.